I'm Kurt. I'm a parent. And this is the Parent Skills Podcast. Well, hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Parent Skills Podcast. If you didn't listen to the most recent podcast, uh, probably, hopefully maybe a couple weeks ago, um, we are in now part two of a little two-part series where my good friend, Liza Gant, who works with me here at Saddleback Church and myself, we are just working our way through six of the most frequently asked questions. Last week, we tackled three, not last week, last episode. You can go back and check those out. Today, we're going to look at three more frequently asked questions that parents um, corner us, email us, um, text us, bring up all the time. Um, We'll be back and we'll dive into those together. All right, Liza, welcome back. How are you doing today? Good. I kind of know how you're doing. I've, I've, I've seen you a bunch of times today exactly. in various settings. <laughs> um, but here we are. And Liza, as as I said in the intro, you know, you and I spend a good chunk of our time, not all of our time, yes. but a good chunk of our time with parents, yep. whether it's in your case, working with our kids, small group ministry, in your counseling ministry, in your life various groups. R- life groups, a mom who has four kids, all of whom play yep. soccer. They play different sports. They play different sports. They do different things. Um, I spend a lot of time with parents in my various roles. We're both parents. And so um, last week we tackled three big questions. We'll we'll just tease. We won't answer them. But so if people didn't listen to it last episode, we talked about the question of how do I connect and talk to my child? Mm -hmm. What's appropriate discipline for my child? And how do I help my child who is struggling in his or her faith? We kind of tackled all three of those in last episode today. We're going to jump right back into it, Liza. We've just got about 15 minutes together. So here we go. Let's jump into frequently asked question number one for today is simply this. How do I help my child navigate friendships? And then we added, because this is kind of a separate question, but we put them all together, and bullying. How do I help my child navigate friendships slash bullying? Yes. Well, I think... Almost going back to last week's pot or last time's podcast, I think some of it's, of course, just knowing what's going on in the world of your kiddo just because, you know, they may talk about all these friends or maybe they don't talk about friends or they may talk about having a problem with a certain kid over and over. But if you're not talking with your kid, you won't, frankly, have any idea what's going on short of they come home with a black eye or they come home with all sorts of gifts from friends. Either way. Right. Like, Hurt feelings. or yes. Right. Yeah. So that's one thing for sure is definitely connecting with them. But I think the other thing is, especially in this kind of day and age of we have a little bit more of a tendency to helicopter parent, is not jumping in immediately and over analyzing things and, and labeling things. So whether it's a good thing of like, oh, they're your best friend, as if we can't have lots of friends, or there has to be one best friend, or, oh my gosh, you're getting bullied bullied by kids. Like, well, kids are mean, but maybe they're not bullying them. Like, I think we have a tendency to ju- sometimes sensationalize, sometimes want to jump in. Well, you did, mention, you did mention if they come home with a black eye. Yeah, that's So that's probably, <laughs> that's probably a pretty obvious one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if it's more of like, oh, well, this kid doesn't include me, like, well, you don't immediately say, gosh, I'm going to go talk to the principal. You're being bullied. And it's like, gotcha. whoa, okay. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's a, a really interesting point is the older we get, I think sometimes the more we forget what childhood was like. Yes. When we have our own children, obviously, they're the apple of our eye. Protected obviously. mama, papa bears. Mama bear, papa bear, 
we don't want anything. We, I think there is a natural tendency that can be a dangerous one yes. to try to prevent our kids from experiencing any level of pain, Yes. which feels good in the moment because we don't like to see our children struggling yeah. in this context with friendships. Totally. But that doesn't create resiliency. It doesn't create problem-solving skills. Yeah, it doesn't it does... set them up for success in the long run of how to handle relationships. Yeah, well, yeah, because life is full of all kinds of conflict and all kinds of strained yep. and, and problematic relationships. Yeah. Which don't mean they're not worth investing in. Totally. Right? Some of, I'm sure, yours and mine, some of our best relationships aren't easy. Yes. Right? Yep. And obviously, as adults, we've learned to kind of navigate that, but that starts with... Parents who, at an early age, kind of set the stage that helps their children learn those skills and helicopter parenting, let me be the first one to go in and talk to your teacher about this problem. One of my good friends is also a a family therapist, Mm -hmm. and she talks about all the time, don't go to your teacher, your your child's teacher on their behalf. If they feel like they got an unfair grade... They got to have their own voice. They got to have their own voice. They need to go in and ask, why did I get a a C minus? Totally. I felt like I did the, I turned it in on time. I felt like I did what was expected. That has nothing to do with friendships. Mm -hmm. But even then, I think, yeah, what you're saying is you wouldn't then go out to the playground or, oh, I'll talk to so-and-so's mom because that's the other tendency is, oh, well, I'll just talk to their parents. Right. Well, now we're involving all these people and it's he said, she said. And I think the goal is you can coach them. Like, you can definitely talk to your child as to what they should say because they may be scared or I don't know, but you can't do it for them. Right. I like that. And obviously, when we talk about bullying, there are times when we need to intervene. There are times when teachers need to be brought into the topic. Other parents need to be brought into the the situation. Um, But when we can, allowing our children to talk to their friends, to problem solve, to figure that out... um, Help your children decide if it's time to make a friendship change. Yes. And there are appropriate times. So now going a little bit older, oftentimes parents of young teenagers will track us down and say, we're so concerned because Billy has been best friends with Brian ever since they were in diapers. And now all of a sudden they're not friends anymore. Yes. It's so natural for that to happen. Yep. Um, Oftentimes childhood friendships are proximity based. Yep. They're friends with kids on their neighborhood. They're friends with kids on there. We grew up on soccer together and yep. now we don't play anymore. Yep. But then when they get into junior high, all of a sudden one quits playing sports. Yep. They go to different junior high schools. They went to yep. the same elementary school, but they go to different junior yep. high school. One went to public, one went to private, one's homeschooled. Um, one of them is still a soccer fanatic and now one of them is into video games. Yep. Well, for 13-year-old boys, most 13-year-old soccer players tend to hang around with each other more than you know, yeah. it, it becomes um, a, like affinity based, the birds yeah. of a feather flock together principle. Yes. Um, so I think we need to recognize that it's okay yes. for friendships to shift. Yep. They're going to change a little bit. They're going to go through seasons where they're closer, not as close. Yep. And as parents, we don't want to try to guilt trip our kids. Well, you should, you, you have to stay friends with Brian yes. because you've always been friends. Well, maybe that was a seasonal friendship that's run its course. Mm-hmm. So is there a closing thought on that? 
Well, I think, too, just bottom line, take them seriously. Because I get that sometimes, especially I see it a lot more with teenage girls, is the back and forth of, oh, so-and-so is my best friend. Oh, my gosh, we're fighting. We're not friends anymore. Oh, we're best friends again. Like, it's super easy as a parent to dismiss it and be like, this is silly. This is high school drama. But take it seriously and be like, oh, wow, what happened? Oh, that's so great. You're back together. Oh, I'm so sad to hear you're you're not friends anymore. And take it seriously and really process through what happened. And what do you think you should do? What was your part? Kind of helping your child be self-aware. Yeah, because it's super easy to be like, oh, well, it's all my friend's fault. Well, there's two people that probably cause us yeah. conflict. Yeah, and- friendships are so messy for kids, yes. and in a, in a way, they're not as messy for young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're challenging. Yes, but they get messier for, with age. For the oh man, <laughs> and then they kind of get unmessy again. Yes. Like I don't have too many messy friendships anymore, Hopefully, right? Yeah. Because we're all kind of yeah, whatever. And life yes. is like I'm, I only got 20 more years left to live. I'm not going to mess it up by. Um, <laughs> But when you're when you're 13, yes. when you're 15, into the, the world, and there is a lot going on. Yes. All the adolescent development, going through puberty, figuring out who am I, where do I fit in. Every teenager is navigating that yes. and trying to figure out. And, and, and it's kind of like survival of the fittest. Totally. And so they're kind of not the best friends because being a good friend means you got to be a little bit selfless. Yeah. And young teenagers are super it's selfish. Not in their DNA, <laughs> it's not in their, you know, they're just trying to survive. I, yes. I, I can't be a good friend. I got to look out for me. Yes. So just give them lots of grace. Yep. To to steal a quote from your your wisdom last episode when we were talking about um, when teenagers question their faith, you mm-hmm. said help them struggle well. Yep. I think that, that I mean that might be my favorite thing you said. I think that <laughs> might that might fit just about we'll just every all, parenting. Every with yeah. When they're struggling with their friendships. Yeah. Help them struggle. Help well. them struggle well. Yeah. They're gonna struggle. Help them help them do it well. All right, Liza, here's here's another question for us. Is this when should I let my child have a cell phone? So we went from this big friendship thing, really nitty-gritty, <laughs> the cell super phone pragmatic. Their friendships oh, when gosh. They're teens. oh my goodness. Um, we live in a technology-driven world. Yes. Almost everybody of a certain age has a smartphone. Yeah. The question is, what should that what certain age be? Age? What's the golden age? There's just not a golden age, unfortunately. I mean, definitely I would say the hard answer is you can't say never. We okay. can always Well, joke. if they don't know how to control their thumbs, they shouldn't have a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, True. let's just start they have there. no impulse control yeah, or self-control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they just don't have the muscular control. To... Yes. <laughs> but in general, I mean, I think obviously there's going to be a place where it's a necessity as far as communication. I've heard lots of different parenting methods as far as like, well, we'll start with a dumb phone, like a old school flip phone where they can just communicate with us and then we can slowly upgrade into the Android iPhone world. Yeah. So that's one answer. Um, but as far as a right age, there's really just not a perfect yeah, age. Each kid's so different as far as maturity, there responsibility. Is very much so. It's interesting, and I'm going to say studies, and then people are going to go, well, what studies? I don't know. I don't know what studies. <laughs> You've G- read them. Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but there, there is a increased awareness of the, to use a strong word, but, you know, um, articles have used this word, the dangers of Mm -hmm. smartphones, the dangers of social media, Mm -hmm. um, which is, uh, for most kids, the reason they have a smartphone is social media and texting their friends. Yep. They, they, they don't ever call their friends. Yep. But they're connected all the time through Instagram. Snapchat. Through Snapchat, through TikTok, all the different ones, right? Um, and there, there seems to be a correlation, 
this is this is new newer discoveries mm -hmm. that there's a correlation between teenage especially teenage mm -hmm. anxiety depression yep. and smartphone use totally because they think for early adolescence mm -hmm. their biggest their biggest source of anxiety historically has been peer related yep friendships um, social pressures yep. do i fit in do i not acceptance, right? Social media opens that door then Social to know media when you're not included. All the time, 24-7. Yep. I you wouldn't know if you didn't get invited to the party because you didn't used to get a phone call, but now you see the pictures and the feeds and all this yep. where you're like, oh, yep. I wasn't I, invited. I, well, and now all I got to do to get somebody's approval is take a picture and post it and see who see gives it, likes. see how many likes I get. Um, and so it makes sense to me that on the one hand, society is getting more and more technologically driven. Yes. So it does become a little bit more of a mandatory thing that eventually, yes. of course, our kids need it. Yeah. And balanced with, it's also seems to have some more, we're starting to understand more and more some of the negative ramifications. Dangerous consequences. Totally. So... I think bottom line, you just have to make super informed decisions. You can't just be kind of, oh, yeah, on a whim, their 15th birthday, they're going to get it, or their 10th birthday. Just right. being very aware, whether it's reading some of the, you know, like the right. Cyber Safety Cop or Integrity Computer Concepts. Like there's so many great organizations out there that are, that they're doing the research, so we yeah. don't have to as far as how we can be safe right. on some of these means. But, I mean, bottom line, it's just not using it as like, just a, a bait and switch kind of like, oh, it's a carrot I'm dangling in front of you. I think that's the key. It, it, it can't be the carrot. Just like dating can't be the carrot. Yes. Of, of Well, here's the thing. Let me, let me rephrase that. In some ways, it is a carrot. Yes. And what I mean by that is you don't want, a, you don't want a, you just get a, a cast in stone date. You can start dating when you're 16. Yes. I'd rather dangle the carrot of when mom and I decide it feels right. Yeah. And you're ready, then you can start dating. It yeah. might be 16, it might be 15. We yeah. don't know. We'll talk about it. Yeah. The carrot of a cell phone or a smartphone. Mm -hmm. Well, when we think you're ready for that and we think our family schedule and our yes. lifestyle warrants you being connected all the time, yeah. then we'll then we'll put that into play. It's not just when you turn 12. Yes. Because when they turn 12, mom and dad might not be ready to let them have it. But yeah. you've been saying for eight years, when you're 12, yeah. when you're 12. And that's Today hard. that's hard day. to go back from. Yes. I mean, you can. You're the parent. You're in control. Yes. But it's a little bit unfair at that yeah. point when you've been saying, pointing. They've yeah. X. They put a big red X on their birthday five yes. years from now. You don't want to have a bunch of unfulfilled promises right. because then that weighs right. on your kids' hearts. Um, do you think it, I'm going to give you popcorn questions? You ready? Yes. Go. Um, do you think it's okay for them to have access to their child's pass passwords and accounts? Yes. Okay. I love that somebody said once. The reality is, this is my phone. I'm just loaning it to you. I like because that. Because they're paying for it. Yeah. I mean, and not in a possessive, I'm going to take it from you, but like a, hey, I'm paying for it and it's on our, my plan. So. Sure, sure. Yeah. I've had parents who said, you know, I just, something felt weird. I felt, I got an uneasy feeling. So when my daughter went to sleep, I went and checked her text messages. I feel so guilty. I'm like, why? That, that's called parenting. Yeah. If you're getting an uneasy feeling, if something doesn't smell right. Yes. You, you, you get. I'd rather you, know. Then not know. You can you can choose whether to tell your daughter that you checked her text messages. That's up to yeah. you. But as a parent, you got to parent your kids. Yes. All right. That's that's a little bit of a tangent. Here we go. Last question. <laughs> question number three. When should I let my child start dating? We kind of just answered that. Yes. But kind let's 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 phone. talk about that. When do I when do I let them start dating? When do I start talking to them about sex? Now that's a little bit different than when do I start totally. dating. 
Yes. Well, I think even with the last question and this, it's you'll hopefully know your kids, but like with social media, like screen time, like little kids, it's easy to not to use it as a pacifier. Like definitely not using screen time as a pacifier, but then even with the sex talk on the flip side, it's easy to think, well, they're little, I don't want to talk about it ever. And you're not going to talk to a two-year-old about sex, obviously. But, you know, when they're, I don't know, elementary school, I hate to say it, but other kids are talking about things and you don't want to be the last person telling your child when they've already formed their own decisions, opinions based on their other third grade friends or fifth grade friends or whatever it is. So I think you'll... You should, you'll know based on just the connection you have with your kids and just, oh, they're asking more questions or, you know, they're being kind of strange about, like, changing and closing the door and not talking about it or, like, you know, they used to be more free with whatever. Right. So. And I and, and it's certainly not, I don't say this to contradict what you said. We're not going to talk to our two-year-olds about certain aspects of sex. Yes. But it is body even parts. at age two and age three where we start talking about body parts mm-hmm. and um, appropriate touching yes, and what sure. and what's what should it's okay if they feel uncomfortable yes. with a certain kind of hug or a t- and we yep. want to know about that you know yes. so you're setting the stage again True. like we've talked about so many yep. times how we talk about subjects yes um sets the stage for later on and if sex and all of that has always been taboo taboo we never talk about it we never mention it well then all of a sudden when when they're of a certain age and they need to really start yeah. talking about it, there's I don't no want to talk about it. It's taboo. It's taboo. We've never even said the word in my family. <laughs> yes. I don't think my parents ever had sex. Right? Well, <laughs> hold on. You know, like if it's that kind of mentality, yes. we're, we're, we're again, it's like we've, it feel we avoided tough subjects early on, Totally. but now we're paying the price for it. Yes. Um, I, I think when it comes to talking to our kids about, about sex, again, it's like so many things is, there's, there's no bad conversation about sex, Mm-mm. especially if your child's instigating it. Yes. If they come home and they say, mom, what is a, and they name some weird sexual practice or whatever yes. that they heard on the playground. Yes. Mom and dad's typical response is, where'd you hear that? Don't ever say that word again. And, and now you've shamed the child yes. for having a very naive, honest uh-huh. question. And they came to you with it. And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They came to you with it. Yes. And that's your chance to say, well, let's talk about that. Yeah. And, and it's okay and to delay. It's okay to say. say let, let, let's talk about that this weekend. Because yeah. you may as a parent need to be like, I don't know what yeah. they're talking what, what, about. What's my answer? I need to, I need to call somebody. Yes. I need to call a teenager and ask them what that, what that word means. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and it, what you said earlier was, who, and you didn't say it this way, but I'll say it this way. Who do you want to control the narrative? Yes. Because it's a really important narrative yep. of our se- of sex and sexuality and sexual yep. identity and all those things tie into each other. And I want to control that narrative as a parent. Yes. I don't want my daughter's 12-year-old friends controlling that Definitely narrative. Definitely not. Yep. Now, but I know nowadays, too, people worry about, well, the educational system. And it's like, well, hopefully if you've informed your kid, it doesn't matter what other sources come in. They may ask more questions, right. but then they shouldn't just, what, that's not what you said, and right. it's totally like, different. Yeah, the, 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 the public education approach to things that can be concerning to some parents yes. is way more concerning if you've never, ever shared oh. your perspective yes. about it. Because, yep. of course, well, yeah, they're going to believe yeah. the, fir- the first time they've heard it, they're probably going to believe the truth. it's the truth. So when it comes to dating, yep. the, you, you let your child date when you feel like it's the right time. Yes. Right? I mean, that's, that would yeah. be my answer is it, for some kids, I guess, 
13 or 14. I, it's, I'm not, totally. I wouldn't totally recommend well, it. it depends but what you gauge as dating. It could it just be like we're hanging out as dating. groups. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Or you just, you know, I think just setting those boundaries. Yeah. You know, yes, you're not going to have your eight-year-old go on one-on-one dates with another boy or girl. But but it's good for them to learn how to be friends with boys. to have friendships. Yep. Yeah. The, the only kind of hard rule that my wife and I laid down with our early teenage, our, our young teens mm-hmm. was it, it, until a certain age, we can't control what you, how you, what you call each other, but as far as we're concerned, we don't want you to have a exclusive boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That because what that means is, nobody else has rights to you. Yeah. She has exclusive friendship privileges, and now other girls that text, she can she now gets yeah. to be it, jealous it, it of. Creates or, messiness it creates so don't like when you're 13, don't give anybody that level of access yeah, or privilege pos- or privilege life, yeah. or, or possess possessivity possession, possession. <laughs> like, yeah. you just be friends with a bunch of people you, you can have a totally. special you can have a girl that you like totally that can't, you like can't, way can't more can't than that, yeah. you, you can have a girl that you really think you want to marry someday yeah just don't let her don't give her all, all right. that access <laughs> don't give her that title yet yes yeah um and vice versa for for girls for boys that was just something yeah. that seemed to I kind like of that. work that with us sense. and it wasn't without pushback it wasn't yeah. without some compromise. Um, but here's, here's our, my thing. You can't stop the love. Yep. You can't stop the love. When, I mean, when puppy love hits, yes. it, it hits. You can't stop it. Totally. So they're going to struggle through it. So what do we do as parents, Eliza? Struggle well. We help them struggle well <laughs> through puppy love, through friendships, through their faith, yep. through technology, yep. through just about everything we've talked about the last two episodes. Parenting is a struggle. Hopefully the Parents Hills podcast helps you, mom and dad, struggle well. Yes. Being a kid is a struggle. I think our one of our roles as parents is let's just help them struggle well. Yep. It's awesome. Liza, thanks so much for Thank joining you. us. Everybody, as always, if you have never um, seen our website, saddlebackparents.com, please do. There's all kinds of other podcasts on there. There's all of our videos, all, all so much stuff. Yes, just so go to saddlebackparents.com and just as a as a, as a request would be share that with your friends. Yes. Um, there's stuff on there. A lot of it is faith based, but yeah. as you'll notice, like in the last two episodes, we, yeah. we talked Even about the Bible. T- we been answered in the blogs and different things. Yeah. And, and we've talked about the Bible two or three times, yeah, in a lighter way. We, we, yeah. but I think we do everything on the, on the website is designed to be practical, scriptural, insight without being overly preachy in a way that would turn off people who are unfaithed. So we want you to share this with your friends who have no interest in the things of Jesus, but they want to be good parents. And let's start there, and then maybe we can introduce them to Jesus at some point. So anyway, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time around.